Okay, Cortland. Well, thank you so much for joining me back for this mini-sode where you share how people can approach you if they want to be a guest on the Indie Hackers podcast. So I'd love it if you could set a little context by just telling us about your show and who your audience is. So the Indie Hackers podcast is a show about starting profitable online businesses. Most of the guests are software engineers, our marketers or copywriters who got fed up with their jobs, decided they wanted to work for themselves. Maybe they wanted to work with their friends and family. Maybe they wanted to control their working hours. Maybe they wanted to work on creative projects of their own choosing rather than what their boss said. Or maybe they just wanted to make more money. And they set out through this somewhat harrowing, somewhat confusing, always challenging process of trying to figure out how to build an online business that makes money and sort of be the early stage founder who wears all the hats and does everything to take it from $0 a month in revenue all the way up to the point where it could pay for their rent, pay their bills, and allow them to live basically the life of their choosing. So that's the concept for the podcast. And the vast majority of the listeners are themselves aspiring indie hackers. These are oftentimes people who are still working jobs, but who have kind of the same itch, the same desire for freedom, the same desire to get out there and build their own online company. And I would say it's a little bit different than you know, your, your stereotypical high-growth tech startups. Um, where these people don't care that much about becoming billion-dollar unicorn companies. They don't care that much about changing the entire world and the way that we communicate and the way that we stay in hotels and the way that we uh, travel around the world. They care more about the effect that their business can have on their personal lives and their families' lives and their customers' lives. And so they're a little bit less ambitious in that sense, but they're a little bit more driven and realistic about, about the impact they can have in the first step of the process. And then oftentimes, many of the people that I interview go on to build bigger companies once they've, they've built something that can sustain their lives. Mm, I love that. Right. You have to have some security sometimes before you can <laughs> go on. You have to pay the bills. So you are open to guest pitches, correct? Yes, I'm open to guest pitches. I get probably 10 emails a day. Uh, from people pitching me guests to come onto the podcast. And I review each one at least pretty lightly. And then every now and then I I say yes. If somebody is interested in being a guest on the podcast, what kind of things do you like to see in that email? Honestly, brevity is a big one. For some reason, almost every podcast guest pitch email I get is super long. And there's very little information that I need to basically decide whether or not I want more information. I think the vast majority of the emails that I get aren't really tailored for my show. They suggest guests who are completely out of my wheelhouse. For example, I get a lot of guest pitches for people who are running sort of small agencies, like marketing agencies and advertising agencies. And like, I've just never interviewed like that, anybody like that for the podcast. I always interview people who are running bigger, more scalable businesses or brand name businesses, et cetera. And so, uh, you know, I, I think if someone's taken the time to do that research, or maybe they have it, you know, and they just get lucky and they happen to have a client like that and that's who they send me then that works and I don't need a giant email. Is this a guest who I think is going to be good? Do I think they're just doing the podcast circuit and going on every single podcast and they're going to give me the same interview? Do they know about indie hackers? How personalized is it? Et cetera. The more effort somebody puts into it, the more work they do to filter out and see is this really going to be a good guest for me, the less work I have to do and the happier that I am. Can you like just define a little bit what it means to be brief versus long? And I guess it's because I teach people a little bit how to pitch and like they are often shocked by the answers to this. So I think it's useful to hear what that means to you. <laughs> I mean, honestly, some of the best, like the best pitches that I get are usually not professional pitches. Usually they're from a friend or a friend of a friend or an indie hackers fan who's like, sends me literally three or four sentences. Hey, Cortland, uh, I think you should have so-and-so on your show. They just started this company and it 
they made $10,000 a month in recurring revenue. And I would love to hear their story. Like that's a genuine pitch to me that gets me interested and makes me want to read more. The typical pitch that I get is like eight or nine paragraphs. It's all about this person's background and all the awards that they've won, et cetera, et cetera, and the size of their company and a bunch of stuff that doesn't really tell me whether or not there's going to be genuine interest from my audience and my listeners in hearing what this person has to say. And I just end up not reading most of it. I just try to get to the crux of it, which is like, should I have this person on my show or not? You know, and I think if the answer is no, no amount of extra information is going to convince me. And if the answer is yes, then like usually it's pretty easy for me to look up that extra information and make that decision for myself. I have a rule that I teach my team, which is eliminate the scroll. So like if you draft an email and you have to scroll down, it's too long. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Three to four sentences is a good rule of thumb though for your show. Or if you can do it that way, um, I think it's definitely a good idea. Any other kind of pet peeves you have that you think people should kind of watch out, out for? Anything that makes you immediately delete or even hit spam on an email? Do you ever do that? Yeah, I do that quite a yeah. lot. I mean, I think it's, it's annoying to me when someone repeatedly reaches out. And I know it's like the proper sales technique is to always follow up, et cetera, et cetera. But I just get a ton of emails. And I assume anyone with a popular podcast also gets a ton of emails. And after a certain point, it's just annoying to get <laughs> the same email over and over and over again. Um, I just don't have time to respond to every single email. Otherwise, it's been three hours a day responding to emails. And so I think that's, that's kind of a red flag for me. There have been people in the past who suggested guests, and they've done it in such a human and friendly and thoughtful and personalized way that I've said, hey, this isn't the right guest for me, but like, you seem like someone I would want to work with. And I've actually replied and sent them like, the criteria for the guests that I would like to have on the show. And a few of those people have eventually gone back to me with better guests. And so I, I think, you know, not burning your bridges, realizing this is a person, they probably read your email. If they didn't respond, they probably, you know, think the answer is a no. And genuinely just being human rather than just sort of prioritizing your own time, you know, your own time-saving techniques. How do you blast as many podcasters as possible with the same impersonal email and then repeat, spam them over and over again? That's really optimizing for your time and, and not really respecting the people that you're emailing. So um, that's my biggest tip, you know bite the bullet, put in the extra effort to make sure that you are treating other people a way that they want to be treated instead of just uh, making it easy for yourself. That is a very, very good tip. Well, I, one other thing I want to ask is in our main interview, you had mentioned that you're going to more topical episodes. So are, is that going to be like a hundred percent of your content or a portion of it where your content is going to be more tied to the news and current events? Cause I'm just wondering if people are pitching with you, should they be tying their pitches to trends that people are seeing? that are really relevant now? Yeah, I think it's going to be a mix. I'll still do some of my traditional interviews. I'll still be doing um, just interviews with bootstrapped, profitable tech founders, probably at least a third of the episodes. Uh, For the remaining news episodes, what I really want to do is just bring on the best guests possible. And rarely is that a guest that someone's pitching. Usually it's a big expert on a popular topic that's, that's in the news right now. So if indie hackers are talking a lot about privacy, and David Hanemeyer Hansen is, you know, releasing a privacy-focused product. Like that's who I want to talk to. If the coronavirus is exploding and a tech founder has written the most popular post on Medium about how to deal with the coronavirus, that's who I want to talk to. So a lot of it just comes down to, you know, not only current events, but who's the best person to talk to about this current event and why. And if someone wants to connect with you, what would you say is the best first step for them to take? Best step is almost certainly just sending me a really short email. Uh, I get a ton of emails. I've gotten down to the point where I check email like twice a week just because I, I 
go crazy spending hours and hours a day checking email and I just fly through it. And the short ones are the ones I read. The really long ones are the ones that I archive. Yeah. I, I can relate to that. The more email you get, the more you're like, can I respond to this in 30 seconds or less? Yeah. You just eventually you turn into the, the cold, heartless email terminator and you're just, you're just uh, archiving things and then getting through as fast as you possibly can. Yeah. If you're, if you, if you're a founder and you think your job is processing email, it's like, then you're not doing the rest, right? Yeah. <laughs> like you're doing the wrong you're... thing if you're in your inbox all the time. And like, my, my test for myself is, you know, should I be doing this or should I call my mom? You know, like I could, I could be talking to my mom or I could be checking emails from random people. And the answer is almost always, I should probably call my mom. It's been a week. She's, she's worried. So that's kind of my test. <laughs> that is the sweetest thing I've ever heard. I love that. <laughs> I'm going to use that. Well, thank you so much for sharing this with us. I think that that main takeaway of just really focusing on like, what's that thing, right? Why, why are people recommending themselves or their client or what have you, or um, if they're a listener, you know, a friend to the Inner Hackers podcast and how quickly and humanly can they convey that to you? Great. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Carlin. Thank you. 